Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm Ed Clemente, your host, and today we're fortunate to have Matt Johnson. He's the manager, external relations for Eagle Mind. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Ed. Glad to be here. And uh, obviously, this is uh, you're famous to speaking, I'm sure, because you've had a lot of careers. And what exactly do you do for Eagle Mind? And then tell us a little bit what Eagle Mind is. Absolutely. So I'm the external affairs manager for Eagle Mine, uh, responsible for uh, the uh, managing, you know, one of the managers here at Eagle Mine. So issues inside the fence line and lots of different issues outside the fence line. In fact, uh, a friend of yours said you were the wizard of the outdoor rec economy for the UP. <laughs> that was Marty Fatanti, who was a previous guest, by the way. Yes, my good friend Marty uh, likes to give me a hard time, but uh, with Eagle Mine being a very, uh, really a responsible mining company, uh, just a little bit about Eagle, we um, we redefine mining here at Eagle Mine, right here in the state of Michigan. And so, if we want an example of what modern mining looks like in the world, Eagle Mine is that. We have people from across the country, uh, at times from other countries, uh, come to see. Uh, why Eagle Mine is so successful and why it defines what modern mining is. And part of that is we take our business very seriously inside the fence line, but also what our social and community impact is outside the fence line. And so we work with the community on um, different challenges the community has that might be unrelated to mining, but we want to help the community with their uh, future economic um, benefit, uh, the health and well-being of the community, and to find uh, sustainable solutions that really helps the UP thrive into the future, even after Eagle Mine exists. This is this is why that Marty has uh, given me the title of Outdoor Recreation Wizard. Uh, we are heavily involved in trail sustainability, uh, green space sustainability, and conservation uh, easements. And that background doesn't come lately to you because you've had a lot of previous experience. I want to get back to the mind, but I want to talk about you a little bit. Um, you, uh, I think originally, I don't know your full lineage, but I know you worked for a congressperson at one point too, right? Yeah. So, you know, growing up in Grand Haven, um, it was a beautiful place to grow up. I had a lot of opportunity to spend time on the water in Lake Michigan and in, in the woods. Uh, so, Going to Northern Michigan University was a natural fit for me. Had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just studied biology and chemistry, ended up with a public policy degree and uh, learned about natural resource economies and uh, became an expert in logging and mining policy. That led me to working for the U.S. Congress for 10 years, uh, U.S. Congressman Bart Stupak, uh, incredible individual. I learned a lot from him um, early in my career, and that led to an opportunity to work for Jennifer Granholm, and she was first elected. Uh, spent six years with the governor, and uh, then I did a natural uh progression into the private industry and now work for a global mining company. Uh, I've had the opportunity to travel the world, as you have as well, I see. And uh, we have operations in Portugal, Sweden, many operations in South America. 
And uh, it's an incredible opportunity to live in the Upper Peninsula, uh, yet work for a global company. Well, why don't uh, just jumping back to Granholm because you and I had talked previously that our, our times overlap when I was in the legislature, but you were northern. So, what was the definition of northern as the governor's representative at that time? Like, where did the line start, and what did you have? <laughs> yeah. So, if you if you live in the UP, UPers are going to be very specific about what northern Michigan means, yes. and that means kind of a line between Traverse City and Bay City on up. That's northern Michigan, and then the Upper Peninsula is the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I used to run into that with the legislators. Like, we're not the UP is not northern. We're the UP, right? Yeah. When somebody so, says they're going up north, that does not mean the UP. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of people need to understand that definition. And I should mention too. You you mentioned there's a lot of people coming there. You're actually a relatively new mine. Like people know that copper's always been historically huge. And could you walk us through a little bit of the mining industry historically a little bit and then how you guys got started, sort of, if that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think most people in Michigan know the rich history of mining in the Upper Peninsula, especially copper and iron ore mining. Uh, the Keweenaw Peninsula was essentially founded on copper mining. It was the melting pot of the Midwest back in the day with different nationalities coming from all over the world. And um, iron ore mining still exists today. Cleveland Cliffs has been mining iron ore here for 150 years. This this mining directly fed the auto industry in Detroit. And um, at one point in the 1970s, 19, late 1970s, a, a Ford Mustang, 90% of the metal in that Ford Mustang would have come from the UP. Uh, and, and that tradition continues, even with new mining, uh, such as nickel and copper uh, mining that we're doing now. It's a high-grade, uh, underground nickel and copper mine that started in 2014. And with the critical minerals that we're now mining for the energy transition, for batteries, uh, for electric vehicles, we are now going to be contributing uh, just like we did historically from the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, and and I mean, I would imagine there's probably different grades of copper around the world, but I would imagine the copper up there must be pretty good to all of a sudden be because I think you mentioned in our pre-call, you're if you're not the only one, there's hardly anyone else mining copper in the U.S. Is there, or is it? The other one you're producing, is it nickel or what's the other one? you? Yeah, so we yeah. produce uh, nickel is our primary metal that we produce. And we are the only company in the United States, the only domestically produced nickel in the United States. Unfortunately, we export 100% of that nickel. And, you know, who would have imagined a couple of years ago the attention that Eagle Mine gets today from automakers, from battery manufacturers, from federal agencies, even the White House called last year to learn more about Eagle's operations being the only nickel mine. And everyone's pretty disappointed to learn that we do export 100% of what we mine. And that is because the United States simply doesn't have the infrastructure to process uh, the nickel past what we can do here in the UP. So it must go to a, a smelter and then to a refinery. And there's no smelter or refinery capacity in the U.S. And this is where the U.S. is behind. Uh, and it's, and it's, and it, it shows pretty clearly now uh, that, um, the supply chains have been scarce and interrupted uh, because of uh, the EV markets. Yeah, and, and I think that um, we've had quite a few battery companies either on the show or obviously they're, you know, they're, they're always 
aging, like I shouldn't say aging, but they're really sort of evolving more so that they, um, they're constantly looking for new sort of chemistries to go into batteries because they do, you know, and I think if you boil down, you're probably more of an expert than me, but there's, there's a few products that are going to have to consistently be in batteries. I know they're looking to try to do iron, but they're still probably going to need copper and nickel no matter whatever they do, right? Yeah, I mean, copper, not so much for the battery, but for the electric car itself. Uh, nickel, absolutely for the battery, no matter what other chemistries you're going to try to use. And I think with technology development, when you have a scarce resource, you're going you're gonna to create new technologies to get away from those, to be less reliant on the scarce resources, especially if they're coming from, you know, in, in unstable geopolitical regions in the world. The um, and this and this is the exciting opportunity really for the United States and for the resources we have here, such as here at Eagle, is that we can create new technologies where we don't need to export our nickel for smelting and refining. We can build new technologies to turn nickel concentrates in the battery-grade material, keep that metal right in the U.S., feed the battery manufacturers in the state of Michigan, and, and uh, we're... Eagle Mine is helping to promote this concept by a new partnership that we have with Michigan Tech University and an $8 million Department of Energy grant that we just received late last year to help prove out that technology to go from that lab scale to a bench scale to maybe a small manufacturing scale to show that these new technologies can help feed critical minerals domestically. And, and so I don't know how much um, you guys, or the you know the the mine gets directly involved, but are are you constantly working, say, with uh, the downstream sort of processing? Because I think you've even got like a vision of when you want this mine to be, you know, getting back to your sustainability discussion. Could you kind of touch on that a little bit? Because I would imagine there is a a certain peak trend or whatever you're going to have to do with the mine. Yeah, I mean, I, every mine is going to have an end date, right? And so right now, Eagle Mine is a short-term mine. It's a high-grade, you know, short-life mine. 2027 is our closure date. That could be extended as we continue to explore. What we're finding, especially with the new uh, markets for nickel uh, uh, for battery components, is that there is potential commercial viability to mine our tails. So our waste product is our tails. Every mine has a tailings facility where you perpetually store uh, your waste material. That waste material we can now define as a byproduct. We could process uh, that those tails, which still contain 1% nickel, and other minerals required for battery manufacturing. And we are potentially looking at um, starting a new company, a spinoff company that is called Revex Metals. And um, can, uh, more information will be available at Revex Metals, you know, sim simply by looking online. And what we want to do is, um, is change the traditional way we process metal uh, change the traditional way we make pure uh, nickel from concentrates. And that would allow us to be more sustainable. It uses less energy, there's less waste product, and we no longer would need to transport that, met that uh, metal around the world to other manufacturing facilities. We can keep that right here in the U.S. 
So you're talking more like alloys and things like that, where you could mix it with something else to give it longer viability with less concentration, kind of? Not necessarily. So what happens today to make uh, battery-grade nickel is they the battery manufacturers will go right to um, a metal market, for example, and buy pure nickel, 99.9% pure nickel. And then they break that metal back down into a powdered form. So we are we are over processing nickel for a battery. We can sh- we can short circuit that traditional process by creating a hydromet facility that creates a powdered form of nickel required by a battery manufacturer, no longer needing to go to a smelter or refinery, and it's it's less expensive, it's more sustainable, it's more cost effective. You know so. Yeah, you know, these are new technologies, uh, new commercial opportunities that need to be proved out. And this is, you know, Tesla is looking at this technology, uh, Redmond materials, Lifecycle, battery solutions. So there's many other companies and universities around the country uh, looking at the same concept. Speaking of that, do you have any partners you work with uh, that either in research and we can get a little bit more about what you're doing for the outdoor side of things, but. uh. Yeah. Primary partner right now for the research is uh, our partnership that we have with Michigan tech university. They've been an incredible partner to um, help us understand what opportunities we have here at Eagle mine beyond the traditional way we process um, our ore. And uh, we look forward to the next couple of years, proving those technologies out. And I'm going to ask a naive question, but because I know you're on the Michigan Tech Board of Trustees, um, but that school was originally, my my friend from down here went up there to get a metallurgy degree. The school is primarily kind of started mainly for mining. Is that kind of the reasons the school's up there? Or was it, is that something that sort of just gradually happened just over time? I don't know how it started. Yeah, the- the creation of Michigan Tech University was directly related to the the mining economy that was uh, in in the copper country, and so the the original concept of Michigan Tech was a mining school. In fact, that was the the actual title of the university, and then it changed and grew uh, over time. Now their their mining uh, curriculum that they have is relatively small compared to the other opportunities of uh, degree opportunities at Michigan Tech, although. Uh, what we're finding now is that we don't have enough mining schools uh, in the U.S., and we don't have enough students interested in going into a mining field. And this is something we're trying to promote. Um, even now, there's a there's a bill pending in Congress, $10 million grant program that is specifically earmarked for uh, mining schools in the U.S., to, to promote opportunities for high school kids to go into mining careers and get those technical degrees that we require. And I would imagine that's being coupled, especially because you're very concerned about the environment, is it's tied into sustainability too, which probably didn't exist in any of those curriculums, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. And so today, when you design a mine, you design that mine for closure. Uh, you don't design that mine to be a cost-effective mining operation to extract ore. Uh, you design it to protect the environment, to protect the community, and to be safe for the employees working in that operation. Uh, and and uh, so we we and that's what the definition of sustainability is in mining. You know, mining will open and close. Uh, we'll run out of ore someday, so that that piece is not sustainable. But the legacy we leave behind is absolutely sustainable. 
Yeah, and 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 it's funny because um, I know ESG. I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but yeah, environment, it, social, and governance. Right, and that sort of ties into what you're just talking about because your company Absolutely. obviously is very, you know, concerned about doing the right things. And I know from our previous calls, and Quentin Messer, I should mention, put a plug in. He's the one that said I should interview, you know, you and the mine is because he was really impressed because I think you had him up there for something. Yeah, yeah we had the opportunity to bring Quentin underground. Um, although I have a, a, an old title, uh, external affairs titles are now considered old. Um, my my actual, what I actually do here at Eagle Mine and for Lundin Mining for our global operations is ESG. Uh, so I'm responsible for sustainability. I am the sustainability champion. And um and that is just, it's a remarkable world to work in when here, just in the upper, in the, in the rural Upper Peninsula, we work on international best practices and what we do. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. And you said you have people come from around the world just to see how you guys are doing things. Which, and it's just not your partners. It's just other people who are running into these same sort of challenges and how they can do a better job at it. I would yeah, and when we move into a new country that may not know Lundin Mining, uh, we invite them to come to our other operations. We've had um, a presidential advisor at Ecuador was here many years ago uh, looking at Eagle Mine because we wanted to build a commercial um, uh, level gold mine in Ecuador. In fact, I just got back from uh, reviewing that mine called Lundin Gold down in Southern Ecuador. And uh, I'm so hoping we, you went during the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Yes. It was, <laughs> okay. it was very nice down there. Um, but so Eagle can be used as a demonstration project as, as well. And Michigan should be very proud, uh, proud of that. Yeah. And uh, one last thing for Michigan Tech, you said your son is graduating. He goes to Marquette High School or yeah, I don't know how many really. schools are in Marquette, but uh, if there's only one, yeah, there's one one major high school in Marquette. Yes, and he's thinking about tech. He's just up there looking at it now. Yeah, he's torn between Michigan State University and Michigan Technological University. He cannot decide. I said you need to decide because the deadline's coming up. Um, and uh, so he's doing a full day tour of tech today, and uh, then we'll be soon visiting uh, Michigan State University as well. And that actually ties into your next question. One of your questions, but I mean, you sound like you had a path like mine uh, where you really weren't sure what to do. (laughs) (laughs) What advice would you give your 17 year old self today? Because it's easier to give yourself advice versus like just telling your son something. Right. Exactly. So, so this is what I would say. First of all, I'm, I'm going to say, go get a mining engineering degree, come work for Eagle <laughs> Mine. We, and, and come work for a modern best practice operation uh, that has a global and culturally diverse workforce. If you don't want to be a mining engineer, environment engineer works, electrician, any skilled trade, water treatment plant operator, mining needs people. Uh, and hey, we have free healthcare and uh, high paying jobs. So that's my, that's my plug for the mining industry. But this is what I would say, you know, beyond the fact I tell my kids, you know, figure out how expensive your hobbies are and then get a job that pays for those hobbies. The one thing I would say is that you should study what you're interested in and the job will follow. 
But perhaps what I've seen uh, very recently uh, that I think is my most important advice, and it's it's based on a skill that I think has been lost during COVID, is to reach out, build relationships, meet new people, build trust with those new people, be curious, be a lifelong learner, and always um, do what you have committed to do. And and that's my advice to young to to high school seniors or or college college age students. Well, you know, and one other thing that uh, probably didn't exist till more recently, but both millennials and Gen Z, and probably the generation following them, if they're alpha, whatever they're going to call themselves, but they uh, the ESG is critical to them as to where they want to work. So what you're doing is actually sort of an HR thing, too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, but, it, but it's also to bring awareness to relationship building besides just through video conferences. And so one thing I purposely do, especially with the younger generation that I work with, I'll do cold calls. So I'll call them on their phone <laughs> without being scheduled. And they always tell me it, it just throws them for a loop when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, every generation has their own method of communications. Um so is there anything else? I think you've covered most of your points for trends, but is there anything else in trends or the future you see for your industry? Yeah. So I think um, the, the trends that, you know, if we want to be less reliant on other, on, on, on other, less reliant in other countries and really secure the critical mineral supply chain, uh, we need to work together. We need to work together with state and federal governments. And primarily the federal government needs to ensure that uh, environmental regulators have appropriate funding, uh, skilled staff uh, that can actually then work with companies on regulatory uh, permits. So it's really about uh, funding up uh, regulatory teams, both on the federal and state level. Yeah, I, w- I would even say, and maybe you could disagree with me, but uh, even our NAFTA partners, I mean, if we're worried about supply chains, there's no shorter supply chains than, say, Mexico and Canada, right? And the better we work with them, I think it'll be better for everybody as we can all work to help reduce some of that carbon footprint, you know, of uh, working closer with, you know, our close neighbors too sometimes. Yeah, no, there's no easy button to push in this situation. It's going to take time and it's going to take good relationships with, with, uh, with other countries as well. Um, I don't know if I should ask you the last question, but uh, what do you like best about living in Michigan? Because I don't know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> it's it's access to trails and water as it has been since I was a child growing up in Grand Haven. Um, the green space uh, that's available in Michigan is why I continue to live in Michigan. I've had many opportunities to move elsewhere and never found another country or another state I'd rather live in. Um, but with the, working for Eagle Mine and working and living in Marquette, it creates the opportunity for me to help protect those resources for future generations through initiatives that Eagle Mine sponsors. Well, your time is up, as you might imagine. But once again, our guest was Matt Johnson. He's the manager of external relations and ESG for Eagle Mine. Uh, Thanks again. You're a lot of fun. I appreciate you doing the podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Join us this coming Monday for President and CEO of SBAM, Brian Kelly, former Lieutenant Governor of Michigan for Michigan Small Business Week. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. 
Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion. 